We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. What's up, everybody? Finally got that cat I've been talking about, but I never had one before. Any tips? All right. Welcome to Butting Heads. Uh, It is... It is a bit of a bummer today. We we just put Todd Gurley in the intro, and this is our first podcast where he is no longer on the Rams roster. Uh, Johnny, we're gonna have to go back to the drawing board. It was it was a short time, but it was a good time with this new intro. Yeah, it's uh, it's it sucks because you had two great intros. You know, Marcus Peters being the last one and now Todd Gurley. And it's like, man, we need we need some more funny people on the team. I feel like the Rams are kind of lacking there. Yeah. And if you have any suggestions for the new intro, hit us up. Twitter at Steve Ribeiro, uh, Facebook Rams Talk. Just shoot us a message. Tell them it's, tell them it's for me. You can email ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. One, one clip I am looking for, Johnny, and I couldn't find it the last time I was looking for clips. If anyone has a link to the scene from Hard Knocks where Aaron Donald is talking about ping pong and just whooping college kids' asses, uh, please send that our way if you have a link to it. I think that's what I, I would like to listen to that clip again and see if there's intro potential there. But we'll see. I don't know who's left. And if we think the intro is cursed now, because that's back-to-back players we've lost, maybe we don't put Aaron Donald in it. Maybe we find a clip of Brandon Cooks talking about uh, something funny and throw him in the intro, and maybe maybe they'll be able to trade him. Cough, Rob Havenstein. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I, I I look we're we didn't I didn't really write a sheet for this podcast, guys. Uh, 
been a little busy lately, oddly enough. Uh, but <laughs> Johnny, like, do you? Th- I Rob Havenstein, I, and we've talked about it. He's going to start, right? Like, there's no way he goes into week one not as a starter, unless unless he gets his ass out played in camp. And are are they even going to play in camp? Like, are are, are these guys going to play preseason games? There's there's just so much up in the air there, but. Uh, even with how bad he was last year and how the line improved once they replaced him, I, I'd be shocked if he's not a day one starter. I, I'd be really shocked if he's not a day one starter. It, it would it would basically indicate that the Rams have lost faith in the guy that they just signed. Well, not just, but the a guy that they you know signed an extension for, uh, and that'd be really unfortunate. But I, I, I'm more than certain at this point that Havenstein is going to be the starter. And, and who knows, maybe it's not so much Havenstein dips. Um, maybe it's more along the lines of some guy like uh, Bobby Evans stepping up. You know, you never know. Yeah, and it's interesting with Bobby Evans. It's It's almost like a much less interesting, like, uh, like I, I, I don't. I, w- I would say like a poor man's version, but that's that's being generous to the poor man. Uh, version of like when Kurt Warner got injured and Mark Bulger came in and went off, but they were obviously going to start Kurt Warner week one the next season because it was Kurt fucking Warner. Uh, and the and then he lost a job after week one. Uh, I tell you, I don't remember if it was due to injury or not, but Bulger Bulger had a great year. Uh, it's like a, a a ridiculously less interesting version of that with less talented players. Um, but Evans <laughs> Evans played fine last year, and it's I don't know. It's just it's it's it would seem crazy to not play uh, Havenstein, who. But it's also he was awful last year, but he'd been good up to that point. He'd been very good. So I don't know, man. It, it it'll be. I mean that's. That offensive line is going to be the the offseason positional battle to watch, and unless we see some interesting, like unless we take a running back high in the draft, it's entire it's entirely possible that the Rams could uh, draft a running back high in the draft at some point too. We'll, we'll probably touch on that a little bit later, but the uh, but I I I'm almost certain though that the Rams are going to start Havenstein, but I would still keep an eye out on Bobby Evans. I, I think that uh, Evans has some potential there. He he can only get better, you would hope, at this point anyway, just because, again, rookie season last year, he wasn't even a, a high draft pick. But He was a third-round pick. He, that's, it's uh, really not that high, though. Well, with a third-round pick, it's like, you could say it's high or you could say it's low and nobody could really prove you wrong. You know, like if, if they started me, it's like, well, he was a third round pick. They spent a day two pick on him. And if you went back to the bench, he was like, well, he was only a third round pick. You know, it's not like this was a, a high traffic. It like, it can be both that that's like where the draft splits off. But I mean, day, day two picks are valuable, man. We, we just did a podcast talking about how huge it was that we jumped into the third round. That's true. It's uh it's not to say that, uh, that third round picks aren't valuable or anything to that nature. It's just, it is harder to find talent in, you know, the later rounds as opposed to, you know, the earlier rounds. But even then, like the Rams have proven that, uh, sometimes you can't always strike it big in in the first couple of rounds. So, um, (laughs) yeah, pretty big history there, but I, I have to say, all of all that considered with Rob Havenstein dipping and everything, I am still very impressed that Bobby Evans was able to emerge as much as he did. Maybe not, you know, going into the extent that this guy was super, super impressive compared to, you know, other players in the league, but compared to what the Rams were going to work with, with Havenstein, it, it's uh, nice to have him as an option and, and maybe this year, you know, age won't necessarily be a factor 
in uh, some of the decision making for you know someone like Sean McVay, and hopefully the new offensive coordinator in will be a little bit more suited to a better offense in general. But uh, overall, I have to say I'm I'm really excited to see uh, <laughs> to see some of these battles take place. This one, it's maybe not the most exciting battle you'll see out there, but still interesting nonetheless. Well, yeah, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have that. You're gonna have um, the guard battle with David Edwards, Joe Noteboom, and Austin Corbett, uh, and then even you got Brian Allen, who who have I I don't think it's gonna happen, but if he has a good camp, maybe he becomes a starting center, and you push Blythe over to guard. And one of the other guys moved to the bench. It's in a year in a year where last year we had basically three returning starters, two second year guys who we thought might be good and turned out they weren't very good, and then literally nobody else in the preseason. It, it, it feels a lot better to have options at least. Uh, Johnny, before um, and uh, look, guys, it's weird times. I'm not going to bore you with all the intro stuff. Just know if you give us a five-star review and send it to one of us, you'll be entered to win a Rams jersey. Uh, you don't want to miss out on that. And also, as Derek mentioned on this pod last week, uh, if you're an advertiser, if you're a restaurant, any any local small business uh, or small online business and, and you need you're, – you're looking to get a little free advertising, hit us up. Uh, we will be reading ads for free for the next couple weeks. Uh, so we'd be we'd be glad to do it. Uh, if you need a little boost, you got a free one right here. Uh, but Johnny, I, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't really keep up on the the Rams free agency news today because not much was going on. Did you see the big news, the big free agency news? About uh, we're we talking about Nicole Roby Coleman, the other Rams free agent that left for different pastures. Oh, Mike Thomas? Mike Thomas. I just, I literally just saw that he signed with another team. The end of an era. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is that actually happened a, a couple days ago, but I think it officially happened uh, today or yesterday. Yeah, I think it was uh, last night it looked like. Crazy. <laughs> I can't believe it. He's he's not here. It, it surprised me too. And, and the funny thing is, when you really look at how long he's been with the Rams, it feels like he's actually been with the team for as for much longer than he has been. It's only been four years, I think. Four years. Yeah, uh, he, well, it's kind of crazy. He didn't even play in St. Louis. He definitely felt like he was here from like 2014 on. Yeah, uh, and that's not the case. Yep, yeah, four years. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's just because I think. Every preseason we talked about him, like, well, Mike Thomas fighting for a roster spot. And then I think last year we were like, look, he's here. He's probably going to make the fucking team. Like, I don't know why he's going to make it, but he probably is. Um, yeah, I just thought that was funny. And, yeah, how about Nikel Roby Coleman, for those who didn't see it, uh, went to the Eagles on a one-year, $1 million contract. Like, that's nuts. I, I just think they're – he he kind of entered the market it, that was kind of slim pickings uh, for slot corners. I don't know if you would pay him that much to begin with, but it, it is interesting that he only went for one million. I, I was expecting yeah. him to go for a little bit more than that. That was that was that was wild to me. A uh, great great pickup by the Eagles. Uh, not that he's. <laughs> if you look at his Wikipedia page, every paragraph is basically like one to two sentences, and then there is six sentences and a picture for for the NFC Championship. I uh, mean, he 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 landed in in NFL history for that play alone, and yeah. I, I don't know if you necessarily want to be remembered for that, but uh, hey, at least nobody will forget him. He he will always, for better or worse, be entrenched in in Rams history. The savior of our Super Bowl. He's like, uh, <laughs> like him and Mike Jones are similar guys. They were 
uh, role players on the team. They're all both remembered for one maybe game-winning play, albeit for dramatically different reasons. But uh, here we are. Uh, they're both remembered for two. Literally, I would say, if we're talking about one single play, the two biggest plays of the la- of the Rams' last, I don't know, since I've been alive, I would say those are the two biggest plays we've ever had. <laughs> That's uh, it's interesting to compare them to Mike Jones, but uh, you're right when you really think about it. You're absolutely right, and uh, and Mike Jones is number one. That's the number one play, but uh, Nicole Roby Coleman that has to be too. Uh, that will live on forever. It literally changed the NFL rules. Well, the Saints won't ever forget Nicole Roby Coleman. <laughs> no, they will not. Uh, yeah, and it'd be funny if I don't know. I don't know when these votes happen. If they if they get rid of the pass interference challenges, um, which I don't think they will, but I don't know. It would be crazy if like it was just a little blip in the NFL's history, strictly because of that play. Uh, wild times, man. Uh, look, a good player for us. He'll he'll be missed. Um, good player for the most part. All right, Johnny, you want to talk about the logo, or you want to talk about? everything the Rams have and haven't done in free agency this offseason. Let you pick first. Let's go with free agency. I feel like uh, we'll save the good stuff for last. (laughs) Uh, Good stuff. Is that a sneak preview? Maybe. We'll see. So here I'm going to say out loud the additions and subtractions for the Rams this free agency. Uh, And this is from Track, so... I don't know if this is going to be missing anybody, but we signed Leonard Floyd and Ashawn Robinson. We retained Andrew Whitworth and Austin Blythe. We lost Dante Fowler, Corey Littleton, Clay Matthews, Todd Gurley, JoJo Natson, Nickel Roby Coleman, Marquis Christian, and Mike Thomas. And wow. Greg Zerline yet to sign. Uh, on paper, doesn't sound great. In practice, doesn't sound great. Uh, how you how you feeling, man? I, I, on our last pod, we said that we would both think it was a bad move to cut Todd Gurley, and he was cut. Obviously, this is kind of old news at this point. Uh, this will probably be about a week ago uh, when the podcast comes out. But Todd Gurley cut. We're gonna eat a lot of his contract, I believe. The dead money will will sink into next year, so we didn't even just cle- we didn't even just eat all all the cap this year. Uh, it, it it's going to continue to to divide us. Um, I'll let you start, Johnny man. How how, how you feeling about all this? How, how you feeling about where the like what the Rams have done, and then we'll get to where, how we feel about the team. Well, so basically, what we're seeing here in this off season is a fire sale. It's, it's something that has to be done. Otherwise it'll get worse in the long run. And I think for a lot of people, that's where it kind of hurts because right now you don't see, you you only see what's going to happen at this moment. And it's not looking too promising for 2020, if I'm going to be honest. But at the same time, it's it's for the best in the long run. Because while this year, let's be honest, there's not a whole lot that the Rams can do now. There wasn't a whole lot they needed to do to begin with. So, yeah, they had to retain guys like Austin Blythe, like Andrew Whitworth. That was necessary, and I wholeheartedly agree with the decision there. And unfortunately, there wasn't enough cap space to bring in guys like Dante Fowler or uh, Corey Littleton. It would have been nice, but in the long run, there's just no way that that would really work, or in the short term when you really think about it. Well, they could have not signed Ashawn Robinson and Leonard Floyd and kept Corey Littleton and had a little money left over. 
uh, he did that's not true. sign for that much money. That's true. Um, but with Corey Littleton, it wouldn't when you when you were trying to sign Corey Littleton, you're not trying to sign for one year. You you're probably going to look for a multi year deal, and I think that's kind of why the the Rams tried to avoid signing anyone at this moment because again there are a lot of guys that they want to sign multi-year deal with down the line guys like Ramsey guys like Cooper Cup guys like um uh, what you just call him Cooper did I say Cooper <laughs> I don't know what you said uh but I think we all know who you're talking about yeah Cooper Cup you gotta you gotta bring back Cooper, <laughs> bring back Cooper. Um, but yeah, and John Johnson too. Can't forget John Johnson. Um, so these are guys you want to bring back. And if you sign a guy like Littleton, you're gonna want to give him at at least a four year contract. So that will definitely kind of interfere in the long run too. So I think this is kind of the mentality that the Rams are trying at the moment because. Even if you do bring back Littleton, how much does he? How much is he going to help with the team that you're basically doing a fire sale for? So, rather than investing in a guy like him now, maybe down the line you find another special player. If you can find somebody as special as Littleton, I don't know. That's another question entirely. But um, so, with all that in mind. I'm a little disappointed, but I can also understand the front office's point of view because if we continue to try and continue to sign all these guys, it doesn't help in the future. And in the end, you're going to end up losing out more. And that's not what you want. So if it means not necessarily tanking, but, you know, taking a bit of an L for the 2020 season, might have to do that. Uh, it's not obviously they're going to try not to take an L, but um, they got to work with what they got at the moment. And that's not to say that the Rams are a terrible team now, even with all the losses. They are going to dip, I think, especially defensively. But um, overall, I think that they're still in good shape and this will still be a decent team. It just may not be the dominant team that we're. You know, we've been so accustomed to seeing in Sean McVay's era. Yeah, it's 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 weird to, to break it down. Um, like I, I like when you look at everything individually and their path to replacing them. Like you lose Dante Fowler, you replace him with Leonard Floyd. Sure, uh, you lose Michael Brockers, you replace him with Ashawn Robinson. Sure, uh, you lose Nicole Robbie Coleman, you lose Corey Littleton. You lose Clay Matthews. Uh, you're betting on what you have internally and what you can do in the draft to replace those guys. Uh, with Nickel, you're you're looking at David Long. With um, with Clay, you're looking at Samson Ibukam and and whoever else is there. I I feel like they're going to address that position in the draft for sure. Uh, with Littleton, you're looking at guys like Troy Reader, uh, Trayvon Howard, Micah Kaiser. You're betting on what you have, and they they did that with the offensive line last year, and for half the year, it did not work at all, and then for the other half of the year, it looked a little promising. So it's it's weird, and then, and then Todd Gurley, uh, you're looking at Daryl Henderson, uh, which could be addition by subtraction there, um, if, we're, if we're being honest with ourselves, which who knows? It's a very weird situation, but it's weird, like, I... I feel like if we do what we should do in the draft, we can make the playoffs next year like no problem if the if their internal bets pan out. It's a big if, but I like I don't know. I I think the Andrew Whitworth contract uh it's a very weird deal if you look at it. Uh first year his cap it is about 6.6 6 million in year 2 it's 11.1 1 million. And it, it seemed like it was going to be a, a fake three-year deal. It, it, the, the third year is not really real, uh, but the second year is very real. And if they, if they cut him after this season, they lose about $6 million in dead cap. So he's probably going to be here next year. 
Uh, it's not a, a lot of people are looking at it as a one year deal. It's not. You kind of give him a shitload of money and let Corey Littleton walk. That stings a lot to me because I'd personally rather have Littleton. But he might, if we're being real, be a little more replaceable than a veteran left tackle, even though he's on the decline. It's a hard position to fill. I mean, look at us. It took us decade a decade to fill that position after Orlando Pace retired or, or left. Uh, we don't talk about where he played after here. But... Uh, it's, I don't know, man. We went nine and seven last year with the roster today. We can absolutely go nine and seven again. A lot of things need to happen positively. We need Jared Goff to bounce back. We need the line to continue to improve, which that I, I feel confident they will. Uh, and we need the play, the next men we're replacing these guys with on defense to step up and be good players. Now, Ashawn Robinson and Leonard Floyd, there's a lot to like. There's a reason why we're able to get these guys on short-term deals, uh, because there's some things that you don't like. Uh, and then Micah Kaiser, a guy who hasn't played yet, might end up being a starting inside linebacker. Probably will. Troy Reader, guy who hasn't really proven anything. Uh, David Long hasn't really proven anything. You're, you're making a lot of internal bets, and truthfully, I would, if I had to bet, if the over-under was eight wins, I think I'd bet the over. I wouldn't feel great about it, but I think there's a better chance to go nine and seven than seven and nine. I, I think one of the reasons why I kind of like this direction is because this is essentially the epitome of what we love about football. And what I mean about that is you brought up, you know, some very, very young players that have potential. Some I have belief in more than others. For example, I have a ton of faith in a guy like Daryl Henderson. I think this is a guy that can be a really good player. Didn't see a lot of from him last year, mainly because, well, the running situation was weird in general, but. The uh, loss of Todd Gurley might actually be a beneficial thing for a guy like Daryl Henderson uh, because now he doesn't have to work behind what was essentially a workhorse, even with uh, a workhorse with a knee injury. You know, this this is an opportunity for him and a chance for him to really step up and be that guy. And what makes me even more excited about this particular running back battle is not only will he be competing with Malcolm Brown for some some touches, but more than likely the Rams are going to add another running back in the draft. I think that's probably going to be inevitable. Which round they draft a running back, I'm not sure. But it's intriguing because this is the type of battle you love to see in football. Uh, and, you know, sky's the limit. You, you could see a, a guy really transfer into something special. And I think that's what makes football one of the more exciting sports in, you know, in the world. Uh, that being said, there's other guys that you mentioned that I don't have a ton of faith in, like uh, Micah Kaiser. I know we kind of started off with a lot of faith in the guy coming out of the draft, but seeing him during training camp – and during the preseason, he just looked extremely lost out there. And I, I get it. He's a young player. He didn't really play his first year. But it just – it was not fun to watch him play last year. Uh, and albeit it being in the preseason, but still, you know, that's – that you're, you're competing against other younger guys and even some veterans trying to make a roster – and not being able to play it as well as you should is not a good sign. It's really not. So I'm still we still got to give him a chance because, again, he hasn't played really a full season yet. And so to be fair, you know, maybe... He hasn't, he hasn't really played at all. He, he was active in his rookie year, but he, he barely saw the field. Yeah, so I'll be a little fair here, and I'm not going to completely write him off because, uh, you know, we'll see uh, how he adjusts into uh, what's coming up to be his third season. So 
if I if we continue to see kind of a lost Micah Kaiser out there, could be a long season if if he's kind of our go to guy. Yeah, and we'll see. And hey, like on the flip side, I know we've talked at length about how we didn't feel Brian Allen or Joe Nopum didn't work last year. Look at Sebastian Joseph Day. Completely unproven, basically a red shirt rookie year. He came in last year and played completely fine. Very fine player. He's going to start next year. He'll probably get, be fine again. Maybe he'll even develop into a, a, a very good player. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, they, they've made internal bets before that have worked out and they've made bets where they haven't. And it's a risk you're going to take. Um, like if, if every single thing goes as well as it can next year, we might be a Super Bowl contender, assuming that doesn't happen because it probably won't. I don't know. Like, I don't really I, – I personally don't see us today competing for a title next year. But if we're going to be right there in the mix for a playoff spot. I, I think we have a good chance of making the playoffs. Uh, the teams in our division I don't think got better uh, outside of Arizona. Like, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think the – correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm missing something obvious. I don't think – the 49ers or Seahawks made moves to improve themselves really, right? Uh, the 49ers, it, basically how they're getting better is they're relying on trading some of their assets to get uh, even younger in the draft, yeah. which could be potentially scary. But um, I think that's more, that's more frightening long-term probably. Uh, but this year... Uh, with that trade, I think they made themselves worse. Yeah, slightly. The uh, it's the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks because they really they're they're kind of like the Rams in a way where they're they're in a good position, but they're trying to retain like some of their players. And I think what'll determine their off season if is if they're able to retain Jadavion Clowney. And at the moment, I think they might because the whole purpose of Jadavion Clowney, um, he he felt like the Seahawks' initial offer was too low. And I don't recall what, what the offer was, but uh, he felt he can get more elsewhere still unsigned. So the longer he's out there, the more likely he's probably going to get signed by the Seahawks. I would love Jadavion Clowney to come to the Rams, but that's not happening. Yeah, yeah, he'll probably be back. But it's it's like those those teams are both going to be good. Don't get me wrong. They're, I think we are still going into the season as the third best team. But look, we were a missed field goal away from being being in the playoffs in place of the Seahawks, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, there, might be some t- there might have been some tiebreaker stuff there, but still, case in point. Greg Zellin makes that field goal week five. We finished with the same record as the Seahawks. Uh, it's it's a weird game. It's We're a couple breaks away. Uh, the, the guys that step in got to be good uh, for us to be there, but I think we'll be right there. I do, before we move on to the logo, we we got we to gotta give an obituary to Todd Gurley, man. I know he's not dead, but... Um, <laughs> This whole situation is such a fucking bummer, dude. Uh, one of one of my favorite Rams ever. One of the best players in the team's history. I maybe he didn't have the longevity, but that five year stretch was up there with some of the best anyone's ever had. Uh, he signs an extension too early. Let's be honest. Some people were saying it was a good meal at the time, at the a good move at the time. It wasn't. You don't need to sign a running back when he has two years left in his contract. And basically that contract means it will probably never happen again. Like, I think that ruined it for running backs forever, even though at the time it set a bar for running backs to get a high payment. Uh, but they fucking cut him, dude. Like, he couldn't find a landing spot. It makes sense. His contract's huge. The Rams probably didn't want to give – they weren't going to give up anything to get rid of him. Um, and he just gets cut. We eat a shitload of we eat twenty million dollars off of it. Uh, one, I, the the relationship must have been really soured there for that to happen. And there's been a lot of rumors that this wasn't a cap cutting move. 
this was a move where they didn't think he'd be contributing to helping them win, which is insane. And I don't think it's true, but deep down, we all know it might be true. And I, I hate saying that out loud. Uh, it just sucks, man. It's a, one, one of the, one of he, he'll be right there in that group of like immortal Rams running backs with Dickerson and girl or Falk and Jackson and now Gurley. And hopefully Henderson joins them someday, but obviously it's too early to tell there. Uh, I just, it, it's a bummer. It, it's really such a bummer. And I wait, I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he runs for 1500 yards this year and 30 touchdowns because I love the dude. And he, I'd say he deserved better, but he basically got $20 million for just for never playing on that contract. So, uh, he made out okay. He seems like a, like a great dude off the field. Uh, he will either have a very happy life being a pro football running back for a couple more years or his career will end this year and he'll probably just live on as a happy rich man and be okay with it. Well, not to interrupt the bromance there for a second, but um, <laughs> Todd Gurley, I, I like I liked him as a running back. I felt like um, Todd Gurley is uh, going to be recognized as one of the better Rams running backs, um, and that's that's a history of really good running backs. But with this whole knee situation, I don't think he is best for the team. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm okay with the move. Obviously I don't like the fact that we're losing money just simply because he's not on the Rams anymore. But at the same time, it is a bit of a hindrance because he, you you essentially have to rework your offensive strategy around a guy that is kind of, you know, just not really there anymore. You know, he has his flashes, he has his moments, but it, it was very clear last year that he wasn't the same guy. And that's fine. It's just to be the center point of the offense, it, it's not going to happen. And that's basically what the Rams did. It, they were relying so much on Gurley being that guy and. He, he isn't anymore. So I think that's one of the reasons why the Rams ended up doing this is not only because, um, you know, the whole contract situation, but also because they want to put, they want to groom somebody to be at that position and o- essentially overtake what Gurley is doing. And no, there will never be another Todd Gurley uh, on the roster, especially currently. But Dale Henderson is a guy with a lot of potential, and like I said, Malcolm Brown is gonna is gonna compete as well as probably a draft pick. So it should be interesting to see how this uh, camp battles go, and you know how the roster ends up shaping up. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I disagree with anything you said. Um, as long as most of the dead money is this year. Open up that cap space for next year. If Daryl Henderson can be a decent pass blocker, might be better than Todd Gurley next year. Probably will. Uh, it's just such a bummer. But I, I wish him nothing but the best. Okay. Let's talk about the logo. Um, I'm not going to lie, man. It's kind of growing on me. Uh, the, the colors are fucking awesome. Uh, they are, they are perfect. The color scheme looks beautiful. Uh, what do you think? How, how you feeling? I, I, I'm indifferent about the primary logo itself. I like the alternate and I love the colors and hopefully they get the jerseys right. So I have a mixed bag of emotions on this one because Focusing on the positive, you're right. The color scheme was spot on. Exactly what you and I actually have been talking about with the with the Rams color scheme for the past couple of years. Uh, you know, since they moved to that blue and white, 
while I don't necessarily mind that color scheme, I thought it looked nice and all, it didn't feel like the Los Angeles Rams. And while it did have a part in LA history technically at one point, it was a very brief part of the history. Most of the history is more like this color scheme. And while it's not exactly the same, it's close enough. And it looks stunning. They did a hell of a good job with the color scheme, and I couldn't be any happier with it. Now, the primary logo. While I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be, and admittedly, when I saw the initial uh, the initial leak, I wasn't a huge fan, but that was kind of, it, it wasn't the full image because it wasn't colored in. It was basically an outline. An outline looked horrendous, but it, it's not that bad, but all things considered, if you compare it to the previous logo, I would much rather have the previous logo. Just because it just doesn't feel right. You know, it doesn't feel and and I think that's kind of I think that's kind of the danger of what the Rams did in this situation is they they hyped it up, they built it up, and you know, they were trolling fans, which is funny and great and interactive, and I like that aspect. But there's also a downside to it too. And we saw the downside here. The, the downside is seeing a logo that wasn't favorable among the compu- uh, among the community and um, it, it, it's a it's a shame that this is essentially what the logo is now looking at the the alternate logo uh, which is basically a, a, a ram, or like a, I guess you could say it's a skull, right? Kind of. Yeah, I, it's a skull. It's a, it's a non-aggressive skull. It's like a friend, a friendly skeleton. Like a happy ram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't think it was bad. Uh, that one I, I liked a little more. Uh, if we're gonna go back in history, I, I like the the ram skull a little bit better. But uh, this one I I can kind of get on board with. Um, I did like the lettering, the Los Angeles Rams lettering. I thought that was kind of like a classic. And it felt like the Los Angeles Rams. That's kind of the Los Angeles Rams I think we all know and love. Mm -hmm. Uh, But overall, like the the appearance, the logo, I think it could have been so much better. And it's a little disappointing I, I would be lying to say I'm 100% happy with it. But I will say this. There are a few things that I like. Um, so when I was looking at some of the uh, the gear, uh, like the T-shirts, the hats and stuff, I still don't like the hat, the, <laughs> the main logo hat. I think I'll pass on that. But there are a few shirts with the, with the alternate logo. I'd be down to buy that. I, I think I, I would totally rock that. But the, the new primary logo, no thank you. I, I'll probably skip on that. I don't know. Am I overreacting, Steve? No, and and Jesus, I came in loud there. Uh, and <laughs> and compa- compared to people on Twitter, I'd say you're underreacting, uh, which is a bit insane. But um, – I I think the new logo on some shirts I've seen it looks it looks pretty decent. I I like the Ram, and while I first of all I I gotta say this. No offense to the guy who made it, the logo where they upgraded the Ram a little and kind of combined the two logos with the L A in the head. I don't like that logo at all. Keep keep it simple. Uh, I like the simplicity of this logo. I just think and. Look, and I said on other podcasts, I don't necessarily hate this logo and how it looks. I hate two things about it, and one is, like, it's uninspired. Uh, you say they invested so much time and research and effort into making this logo. This is what you got? Like, this is where all that time and you come out with that? Like, <laughs> it's it's not bad, but 
it looks like the logo that anybody who's making a media portfolio would put like put as their logo and add to like a like a little ram on the top like it's like how if you start a company and you and no offense to anyone who has these companies because uh, this doesn't look like a bad logo but you have your logo with that little x like it's like an x and then there's four simplistic items in each of the spaces between the x uh it's it, i'm sure everyone has seen a variation of this logo it is the most uninspired logo ever. Um, not necessarily looks bad. I'm sure a lot of people who have this logo for their company looks fine. But like the Rams, a billion dollar organization, should come up with something better. Uh, it should. They should come up with something better. And two, you can mistake it for a Chargers logo, which is fucking nonsensical that it's even possible. Like, I how do you even do that? How do you like? If somebody goes shopping and sees a Rams hat on the shelf, maybe they buy it as a Chargers gear by accident. Or even worse, a Rams fan sees that hat on the shelf and says, I don't know if this is a Rams hat or a Chargers hat. I'm not going to buy it. Uh, But I don't really care that much about the primary logo, to be honest. I don't know if that's crazy. Uh, I'm more invested in the jerseys. And I love the colors, so that's a really big positive for me. I think uh, they got that right. It's been a while since we've had a color scheme like this that looks this good, so I'm ha- I'm happy with that. I'm actually really curious to see what ends up being on the logo, or, or what ends up being on the uniforms and on the helmets. I think that's what a lot of us are waiting to see, too. Uh, if we see that the primary logo on the helmets, uh, I'm I'm just gonna be pissed because that that's a hell no from me. I I would be, and I don't have like I don't have a source. Uh, I would just be floored if they took the horns off the hel- the helmet. I really I really cannot imagine that. I could see them trying to make the horns a little more modern. I can't see them throwing a giant LA symbol unless they had an alternate helmet, which they could. I'm all for alternate anything. You come out one time a year wearing the craziest fucking jerseys ever. They could come out one time a year wearing green and purple. Uh, whatever. If it's, I, I'm all for a weird alternate. Uh, but the primary helmet has to have the horns. I would be floored if they didn't have the horns. Yeah, I think you'd see a really pissed off. Well, I mean, you're already seeing a pissed off fan base. You'd you'd see an extremely pissed off fan base if you uh, if you end up with an LA symbol at, at the helmet. Like, no, just don't don't ruin it. Keep it keep it simple. You know, the Rams horn has been there forever. You know, don't don't change it because you want to look different now that you're in your new stadium. You know, that that's probably the worst thing that they could possibly do at this point. As I've mentioned in the past, it's it's one of the most iconic helmets. Uh, the colors have changed, but I believe they they were the first team to put anything on their helmets, right? The horns they were are. the first thing. Yeah, the first thing on any helmet ever. So it's iconic, uh, and it hasn't changed. The colors have changed, but the horns have remained uh, and they, and they need to be there. They need to be there forever. Yep, good old Fred Gerke was the one that actually painted the the horn on the helmets. He, he used to do that for every single uh, member of the team. He painted it on the on the leather helmets, and that's that's an incredible you know piece of history. And to change it just for the sake of changing it, hell no. Agreed. And I, I don't think they will. Maybe that maybe they'll modernize it a little. Hopefully the the blue in the helmet matches the jerseys unlike their throwbacks last year, where it was just a different color. Uh, let's let's fix that and I think they will. Todd Gurley just posted a I'm coming home video for his new home, the Falcons. Uh good for him, man. I'm glad he I'm glad he landed in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, it's where where he uh, where he started with the Georgia Bulldogs. So why not? That's home. 
I'm uh, I, I'm loving his uh, how he keeps say, commenting on posts about how the Rams own money. I, I think it's so funny. Well, he <laughs> clearly won that. Yeah, he clearly won that. I uh, an absolute rob robbery. Uh, that look. All in all, he uh, the the money we paid Todd Gurley was a good investment. All in all, like obviously this contract was awful, but he was being underpaid by a long time for a long time, so you could say it evens out. Uh, I not that that really means anything. Uh, <laughs> we've been going for a while. You got any any thoughts before we hop off on? the free agents moves that have happened. I mean, we talked, I think we talked about Tom Brady, right? Did we? I don't know. Uh, Cam Newton. I hope he goes to the chargers. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I, I don't think that would be fun for, for Cam Newton. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, the, the guy's fragile and then, and then you're going to put him in on the chargers. Oh, poor Cam. They got a lot of weapons, man. It's it's crazy. Like, there's not how how many teams are looking for starting quarterbacks right now. Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton are are still available, and like nobody needs a quarterback. The Patriots need one, but they can't afford one. Like, does anyone does any other team in the NFL need a starter? I could see the Chargers grabbing. Uh, like Cam, but they 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 said they're gonna. What's up? You forgot the best free agent. (laughs) Who? Sean Mannion. (laughs) Is he a free agent? I have no idea. The Vikings probably resigned him. You you forgot about Balake Bortles. (laughs) Crazy. He hasn't been signed either. Uh, like, like the Chargers are the only team I feel like. That are in the market, I guess, for a quarterback, but they see they said they're fine starting Tyrod Taylor. Uh no. They can't be fine with that. I don't even think Tyrod Taylor is fine with that. I I don't think Tyrod Taylor is bad. Uh I would rather get Cam Newton for sure. Yep. I'd probably rather go get Jameis too, to be honest. But like like Tyrod Taylor, I'd say last year he was arguably a top one backup, top uh, top five I, backup will, for sure. He's one that I would be a little more comfortable having him as a backup. But are you really going to be all that confident if he ends up taking over? Debatable. And I think like if you're the Chargers, you're going into this new stadium kind of as little brother. And when Big, let's be honest, Big Brother is a team that they have a lot of passionate fans. There's not a ton of them. Uh, there's not where we're one of the smaller fan bases. There's a lot of people in LA that will be capitalized by this new stadium. And right now, I'd say the Rams are the ones capitalizing. I'm like, by far compared to the Chargers, you're going to go into this new stadium with Tyrod Taylor when you can go out there and bring in Cam Newton. Uh, say what you want about him. The guy is a fucking star. Like, he's a star in pretty much every sense of the word, on and off the field. Uh, he makes plays happen. He's fun to watch. He's a huge personality. He's very famous. He's a former MVP. You slap him on a billboard, more people are going to be showing up and rooting for your team than if you slap Tyrod Taylor on a billboard. That's true. That when you put it that way, that's true. Um, I, I I would definitely agree with you, though. I'd rather have uh, Cam Newton over Tyro Taylor. I think that's I think that's a given. Yeah, you never know, though, dude. Like the way this market is panning out, one of these dudes might just go to the Patriots for nothing. Like it, it's not impossible. Well, if they really want, uh, they really want a championship. You know, this might be their key to, uh, you know, trying to get to a Super Bowl. Because you know, yeah, Tom Brady's gone, but Tom Brady wasn't the reason they they won the Super Bowl. 
against the Rams. That it was not a Tom Brady Super Bowl. No, that year. It, yeah, he wasn't so, even that good last year. He's still Tom no, Brady. So, like you got to give him the benefit of the doubt, kinda. But he's certainly on the decline. Uh, the big problem with the Patriots situation, though, is they have no nobody on that offense besides yeah. Edelman. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's the, interesting. The, the, there the really is no people. starting jobs. <laughs> Come on, man. He's a, hall of, a future Hall of Famer. <laughs> you talking about Brady? Or Edelman? Jesus Christ. Edelman. Dude. No. Edelman. <laughs> I'm not on. doing this. You know Edelman's a future Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. There's a chance. There's a chance Cam's just a backup next year. I don't even know where he would go. I would be ecstatic if he came to the Rams. Oh, my God. I'd love it. I would absolutely <laughs> love it. I, I'd worry, though, that if the Rams ended up signing him to be the backup, that people would just, after week one, would say start Cam over Jared Goff. Look, man, not after week one, obviously, but if Cam's on the team... Keep the fucking job, dude. Earn the job. Uh, the way he, if he plays like he did early last year, I don't care how much money you have tied up in him. Uh, I want, I think he should be the starter all year, obviously. Uh, but he has to earn it. That's for sure. And if, yeah, it, there, there's that risk there. And the fact that we have no money piles up to the fact that he's almost certainly not going to be on the Rams next year. But, Shit, man, if you need to bring the guy to light a fire under Jared's ass, what better guy to do it? Oh, man, that would be the most interesting storyline ever. And if we just cut a guy like Todd Gurley because he wasn't working out, imagine what the Rams would have to do if they had to cut Jared Goff because he wasn't working out. <laughs> Jesus, I don't want to think about that. And even like yeah. the teams that that need, or even the teams that have like shaky quarterback situations, like the Bears brought in Nick Foles, the Raiders signed Mariota, um, a, a, anyone that brings in a quarterback, they're going to be coming into a fairly stable situation. the The Panthers aren't going to bring in anyone else. They got Teddy Bridgewater, so it's it's weird. Like I really have no idea where the suit will end up. Maybe the like maybe the 49ers grab Jameis or or somebody like that just cuz um not that Garoppolo's shaky but I don't know maybe that's just me hating on Garoppolo he played in the fucking he played in the fucking Super Bowl last year I don't know it's weird it's it, there's really not a lot of quarterback work out there quite frankly the Mariota signing is the one that confuses me the most like, no offense to Mariota or anything, but out of all the quarterbacks we listed, you know, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, maybe not Andy Dalton, but um, out of all of those guys, I think I would rather have Newton and even Winston over Mariota. I so, would much rather have Dalton, too. Like, not even a second thought. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far, but... Uh, because yeah, like, I don't know. Oh, it's hard. You're not si- you're not signing. Uh, like I don't think they're signing Mariota to be the future of the franchise. You know, they're they're signing him to like we just mentioned with Goff, put some pressure on Derek Carr to be the quarterback and maybe compete for the job. Like for that role, I'd I'd rather have Andy Dalton. Uh, he's uh, if I'm Derek Carr, I would still be. I, I'd be cruising. <laughs> yeah, I don't think either guy concerns me. Um, yeah, I, well, we didn't know Cam was going to be free, you know, uh, I think that would have changed a lot of teams thinking there, but you kind of knew, you kind of figured Jameis would be available. It, 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 I, I don't think it's a bad signing to bring in Mariota, but it's like you said, you'd rather have any of these guys for sure. Even, uh, no, you probably wouldn't rather have Blake Bortles. No, no. I wouldn't go that far. I'll tell you what, though. If I need to win one game right now, I'd rather have Blake Bortles and Mariota. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Dude, like, 
the guy who turned that team around threw for 70 yards in a win. Like, that's how easy it was. But and I think Ryan Tannehill played great. Like, I'm underselling him, but, like, that's no, what Marcus Mariota needed to do to keep his job. And he couldn't. <laughs> You're really not understand, uh, underselling Ryan Tannehill. I, I don't understand the Tannehill hype. You know, if, if, if you ask me, I'm more hyped up about Henry than I am Tannehill. Well, for, for sure. But I, I Tanny played well last year and I, I feel like I've always been higher on him than most people. Not, not that he's like a world beating quarterback. Um, but I, I always thought he was pretty good. He had a couple decent years in Miami. Uh, then he had the injury and then he never really bounced back. Uh, I, he was good last year, dude. He didn't have the hardest job in the world, especially down the stretch and in the playoffs. But look, he proved that he could win you games. Not only and like win you games legitimately, like he he played really well in a lot of these games, and that's that's what you want in this league, man. And you want a guy who's not likely to lose you games too. And Tannehill, I don't think he's going to lose him a ton of games. We'll see you though. He's older than you think. He's thirty one years old. He'll be thirty two at the start of next season. So they gave him a lot of money, but I I, I I'm in on the Tannehill hype. All right. I think we talked enough about average quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, you got you got anything to to close out here before we wrap up? Bring me sports. Cam Newton is like a he's a full year younger than Ryan Tannehill. That's kind of wild to me. I guess I guess they came in in the same draft. Did, Did they? I don't um, think they did. Maybe a year apart. Maybe. Yeah, they were a year apart. Never mind. Oh. I act like I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> he he came in the same year. This is nuts. Like, you know the top quarterbacks in Tannehill's draft? I am not sure. Because these guys don't even feel like they came in the same year. Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin. Ah, that's true. <laughs> Who would have thought wow. after that first year that, well, I guess he didn't have the better career. Never mind. <laughs> He's the only one still starting, I'd say, after that first year. Who would have thought that? Because uh, he definitely was not better than Andrew Luck. All right. Uh, we're done talking. Send us spot. Send us um, suggestions for the intro if you have them. Um, any questions, thoughts, concerns, whatever you need from us, we're around, guys. We're not doing much. Uh, but for Johnny, Steve, we'll be back next week. What's up, everybody? Finally got that cat I've been talking about, but I never had one before. Any tips? control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.